This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor uh, Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out on old Dan. Clip the clop, clip the clop. Come on, Dan, let's go. And uh, I wish I had those sound effects like the Old Trailblazer used to have. And uh, he ha- he'd ride old Dan, and he'd go by the country church to preach, and he you'd hear him singing as he got there. Or he'd be riding along, and old snake would swiggle across the path in front of him. He'd take his old pistol out of his saddlebag and shoot that old snake. But those things, that just makes uh, for interesting, my friend, the old trailblazers, I don't have those same, but I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Can you can you just picture an old sinner, an old man, bringing you God's message, old white-haired, stoop-shouldered, walking with a walking stick, and, uh, you know, folks say, well, old fool, why don't you retire? Well, we have a philosophy here at Radio Mission. We don't uh, rust out, we burn out. Until we burn out, we stay right here. Stay right here. But, oh, my friend, what grace it is to be able to come here into your home, there where you are on the bend of the creek or in your mansion on the hill, your penthouse up there wherever you are. Maybe you're in the airplane. You know, they can hear those everything in the airplane now. And uh, on your cruise boat going down to Mexico or Guatemala or somewhere down there in Alaska. Oh, my friend, what a, what a, what a beautiful place it is up there. And uh, in the Navy, I was up there in the North Atlantic Ocean, and we toured around up there to Greenland, Iceland, Nova Scotia, and those places. And I was I was a young young man, and we had studied about the Aurora Borealis, the Great Northern Lights, and I saw those personally. I did. What a great sight it was, where the sun don't, don't ever get dark. And uh, I was just, just young. I didn't appreciate it back then, but I do now. And I appreciate God's beauty. Can you ever, you ever walked out in the woods? And I was born and raised in the woods, but walk out there and just don't, 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 just let the nature, just let nature show you the beauty of God, the stars at night. Oh, and even then in the rain and the storms when they come through, all of those things are the handiwork of God, my friend. But let's get back to our study. We're looking there at the sin offering. We're going to get to it in a day or two. But in before we do, we were looking that why. Why, uh, why, that man is such a sinner. Why man won't trust the Lord? Why man won't serve God? It's because he's a sinner. Modern day ph- philosophy teaches that man is good. You, you, you say something to the uh, average church member today about being a lost sinner. Oh, no, pastor, you're not lost. Oh, pale, pale trailblazer, Pendarvis, you're not lost. You, you, you're a good Christian man. Well, my friend, listen, listen. Every man outside of Christ is lost. If you're not if you're not trusting the Lord at this time, you're a lost sinner. You are. You may not admit it, but you are. And you can write me and cuss me and tell me all kind of stuff. But my friend, man is a sinner by nature. That's a, that's one of the cardinal truths of God's word that man is a sinner. Go back there and and look in the Garden of Eden when they were Adam and Eve were perfect, created perfect in the sight of God. There was no sin on the earth. And I don't know. Folks ask me, how long was Adam and Eve on the earth before they sinned? I don't know. That doesn't make any difference. We have folks who study all their life trying to figure that out, trying to figure out which way Noah's Ark was pointed and all those things. That's immaterial, my friend. But you know what we need to know? That man is a sinner by nature. Every child born into this world is a sinner. Comes into this world speaking lies. Speaking lies, you say, why so? Well, uh, you take a baby seven or eight months old, and uh, goes to crying. And he's not hurt. He's not sick. 
All he wants is you pick him up and hold him. He's just lying, lying like a dog. My friend, listen, God's word don't lie. He said man is a sinner by nature. But let's get back to it. Uh, uh, blood redemption is becoming a thing of the past. What I mean by that, we, we just don't hear. We just don't hear. I get the periodicals from ministries all over the world, all over this nation, Folks send them to me. I don't know who gives them my name or something. I don't subscribe to them, but somebody gives them my name or they look them up somewhere or another, and they send them to me. And uh, I read, I glance through those things. Once in a while, you find a good article by one of the old divines, Spurgeon or Whitfield or some of them, and I appreciate those things. But then you see all of the the, the froth, all of the froth. It's just, it's just, it has no minion to it. And then it, over in the back of the book somewhere, back of the magazine somewhere, they'll have a little uh, quarter of a page or second, eighth of a page with a, you know, with a coupon on it. And it says, pray this prayer if you want to be saved. Jesus, I'm sorry I say, I'm sorry I was a sinner. Would you save me for Christ's sake, for Jesus' sake? Amen. And they said, you saved now. You prayed this prayer, brother, you saved. You saved. You saved. You saved. I, I told you this story. And uh, one night, my wife and I were coming home from one of the meeting places, and we heard this man from Tennessee. And he was a great, great man. He told war stories. He was a, a military man till he went in the, mil- in the uh, ministry. And he would tell those stories, and I appreciate him. And then he would come down to the end of his service, and he'd say, uh, you want to be saved? Pray this prayer. And he'd pray a little prayer. Uh, like I said there, Jesus, I'm sorry I sinned, and would you save me for Jesus' sake? And he said, now, if you prayed that prayer, you saved. I wanted to ask him. John the Baptist said, except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. Where is, where is repentance, brother? And he said, uh, you write me. You prayed this prayer. You write me, and I'll send you some helpful literature to ground you in something. I don't remember what he said. Uh, it wasn't the truth because he wasn't preaching the truth. And he said, write me. Uh, uh, write me a letter, no postcard, please. And my wife said, wonder why you don't want no postcard. I said, because you can't send money in a postcard, darling. I asked you, write me. Send me a postcard. I'd be glad to hear from you. Tell me how the Lord saves you. Tell me if you want to be saved. And tell me that you'll help me uh, later on with an envelope with a few dollars in it. Would you do that? But, my friend, that's the sad situation that we're living in today. Uh, when, when I sit here uh, before this microphone and tells you about, tell you about God says about a sinner that he's depraved and you have to have a substitute, and when the Holy Spirit takes that message home to your heart, lays bare your heart, and the sinner begins to see his awful condition and their need of a sin offering, then some old fool will jump up and say, Well, I'm, I'm judging. Don't listen to old pastor. Pendarvis, don't listen to him. He stirs up the people. My friend, if you listen to him, you're going to be lost, they say. But you've got to be stirred, my friend. You've got to be stirred. One of the prayers that I've often prayed is to is to stir up our people here in radio missions, stir them up. I used to make uh, a preserves, jam, and jelly when I was younger, and uh, strawberries season and those things. And, and one of the directions on the package was it said, Keep it on the fire till it can't be stirred down. You know what that means? You got a pot boiling, and if you stir it, it'll it won't run over the side. But if it, if you leave it alone, but the instruction says uh, till it can't be stirred down. My heart goes out to you. 
I want the Lord to bring you to the Lord so bad. I want you to be where you can't be stirred down. When you go home after hearing the service or when you get through listening to the trailblazer, that you will cry out, Lord, Lord, save me. And And it don't stop. And it don't stop. It goes on. You go about your work, go mind the children, take care of teach school, whatever you do. But in your heart, down deep there, there's that, there's that desire that can't be stirred down, that old trailblazer telling me the truth. And, oh, listen, listen, listen. And uh, I, I praise the Lord. Listen, you've got to be blasted out to come to see that you're a sinner by nature. You've got to be arraigned, arrested, so to speak, by the Holy Spirit, brought into the court of justice and made to see and to feel and to know that you're a sinner by nature and that you're under the guilt and penalty of sin, which is death. You've got to feel and realize and know and acknowledge your need of a sin offering. If you never are, you'll go to hell for your trouble. Now, there's a difference, my friend. You have to see. You'll never cry unto the Lord until you see yourself. All are under the penalty of sin according to God's word, which is death. And that means you, for there's no difference. Have you ever seen yourself as a sinner? Let the old trailblazer just slow down here a minute and probe your heart. Have you ever seen yourself in need of salvation, in need of Christ? I, I don't. I don't sit down a mold that you have to go. Well, I got to, you got to mourn for so many months and days, and we, and we don't do that. That's not. I've seen the Lord save some individual uh, before they get home from the service. I have, my friend. When the Lord deals with your heart, He deals according to His own will. You can't you can't dictate to the Lord how to be saved. I have folks uh, write me and tell me or call me they want to be saved, and but I can't see myself as a sinner like I ought to be. Well, you're a sinner whether you see it or not. Well, I don't know if I've repented or not. Well, you, you that's that's not your business. That's not your business. Well, I'm too sinful to be saved. Who said you were? Who said you were? Go go read God's word. You'll see the instances of where men and women. Oh, look at Mary Magdalene. Look at look at uh, Rahab the harlot. All through God's word, Rahab, through, out of eternity, she will be called Rahab the harlot. She was a harlot. She was a woman of ill refute, living there in Jericho until the Lord saved her. Oh, but listen, listen, folks. Uh, Mary Magdalene, they claim, was a, they say was a harlot. Oh, you, you can't be too sinful. Let me, let me just drive that truth home. You can't be too sinful to be saved. You can't be too sinful to be saved. The Bible says where sin abounded, grace does much more abound. Oh, Apostle Paul, don't you appreciate his ministry? He wrote that. He said, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, of course, where sin abounded, where sin ran rampant, where sin took over your heart and your life, where you where you could not where you 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 were like an addict. You could not quit sinning. You could not there was no cry in your heart against it. Where sin abounded. I, I like that word abounded. I, I, I think it means everywhere. Where sin was everywhere. That's where he is. That's where sin is, my friend, in your life and mine. You say, Trailblazer, did you ever see yourself a sinner? Yes, ma'am. And yes, sir, I sure did. I was the chief of sinners. I didn't argue. I've heard folks argue that Paul was not the chief of sinners. Well, that's crazy. That's crazy. You never get saved arguing with God's word. You know what you need to do? Just take God's word as it is and believe it and be saved and disbelieve it, argue with it, deny it, and go to hell for your trouble. The Lord doesn't have to save you, folks. The Lord doesn't need you, my friend. The Lord doesn't need you, old trucker. You out there ranting and raving and wanting to turn the radio off and the Lord won't let you. 
The Lord doesn't need you. All he had to do is take his hand off of you, and you'd go straight into hell like a Martin to his gourd. I'm telling you, folks, we need to get our thinking straight. We 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 push the footage around long enough to where we think, well, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man and blah, blah, blah. No, sir. We need some down-to-earth, old-time, old-fashioned gospel preaching that man is a sinner by nature, that he hates God by nature, and that he loves sin by nature. And the Lord stands ready to save him, to wash him and clean. Is he going to be the same afterward? Never. Never be the same. Is he going to be perfect? No. No. He's going to be perfect. But my friend, you know what You know what the old trailblazer said? There's not one sin registered against the old trailblazer in heaven. Not one past sin. Not one present sin. Not one future sin. Do I see them? Yes, sir. Do I cry out against them? Yes, sir. But does the Lord see them? No. The Lord can't see my sin. The Lord can't see my sin. This young boy had a Sunday school class one morning, and his boys, teenage boys and younger, and he said, boys, I want to ask you all a question. Is there anything that God can't see? And one little old raggedy kid on the back aisle, back, back row, about 12 years old, hugged up his hand, and he said, Mr. Teacher, I know what God can't see. He can't see my sins because they're under the blood. That'll do you to go home with, won't it? That'll do you to, to meditate on till tomorrow when we come back to Friday tomorrow. Today is Thursday. We'll come back tomorrow, and uh, that'll do you to meditate upon, chew on. He said he can't see my sins, teacher, because they're underneath the blood. Are your sins under the blood, my friend? I ask you that in, in all the kindness and pathos of my soul. Are you saved? Remember the old Trailblazer's address, post office box, 1810 Walker, Louisiana, 70785, and my website, radiomissions.org. Goodbye.